This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters, your source for insightful conversations about the big issues impacting our students, educators, and public school communities in Ohio every single day. I'm Katie Olmsted, and I'm probably sounding like a broken record at this point, reminding you that one of the biggest issues impacting, well, everything, is the state budget. Throughout the first season of this podcast, if you'll remember, we did a number of episodes about the so-called Cup-Patterson plan, the legislation that ultimately became the Fair School Funding Plan. And you'll remember the adoption of the Fair School Funding Plan, at least in part, during the last state budget cycle in 2021, was an enormous victory for our state. Two and a half decades after the Ohio State Supreme Court declared the state school funding system unconstitutional, we had something in place, at least in the short term, that was really meant to take into account the actual cost of educating a child and how much a local community could actually afford to pay toward that. The problem is that the plan was always intended to be fully phased in over six years, but lawmakers in 2021 only committed to funding it through the end of this biennium. That is, until the 2024-25 state budget is adopted in a few months. So we're watching what the governor and General Assembly are doing this budget battle season very closely to see what's going to happen with school funding. And we're watching to see what they do on a number of other issues, too, like the educator shortage, mental health services, expanding access to healthy meals at school, and so many more. And we are not alone. We're navigating this whole budget process with all of our partners on the Ohio Children's Budget Coalition. That's nearly two dozen other organizations putting their minds and talents together to advocate for what Ohio's children really need. Last month, the Ohio Children's Budget Coalition, or OCBC, laid out those priorities in a really comprehensive budget issue book titled Creating a Vision of Child Well-Being for Ohio. Now, OCBC's co-leader, Matthew Tippett, a policy associate for Children's Defense Fund Ohio, joins us to really lay out that vision for us and to get us up to speed on where things stand in the state budget process right now. Matthew Tippett, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This is the time of year when there is so much to talk about, state budget-wise, and priorities for children in our state-wise. Big picture view, what is going on? Where do things stand right now? Um, I say big picture right now is we're optimistic about the governor's budget and how that looks and based on the state of the state. You know, we've begun digging into the blue book a little bit. And of liking what we see, we do have a few concerns, but we hope those will get fleshed out as we move further along in the process. I I can't speak for OEA, but that's how I'm feeling about it, too, based on my understanding. Um, We know one of the big priority issues for OEA, of course, is fully implementing the fair school funding plan. So hearing Governor DeWine say that there is money in his budget to continue implementing what he's calling the Cup-Patterson plan, the original name for the plan, that was promising. However, uh, there was no talk in there about updating the components to make sure that it accurately reflects the salary data or the state's comprehensive study about uh, the actual cost of educating English language learners or special ed students or gifted students and all of that. So there's certainly room for growth. And then we're hearing, of course, that there's maybe some even more positive signs in the House. 
that was a very long-winded way to say, hey, same. (laughs) (laughs) Did it surprise you that um, generally things are looking okay in terms of our priority issues? Honestly, I would be lying to you if I said this entire year hasn't been a surprise. Right? <laughs> yeah, the, the legislator has been a little chaotic. The The governor's budget was a surprise, but I, I'm i always thankful when the surprises are good. I, I'd rather be prepared for the worst and be happily excited and surprised when the better outcomes happen. So it's been it's been a great look forward so far and we hope this momentum continues rolling of course i've been back in ohio long enough to know that uh there's surprises the other way too so cautiously (laughs) optimistic i guess is the feeling i should be going for here right (laughs) yeah that that is where i'm at definitely uh especially when the speaker races get shaken up in ways that we did not see coming and all of that really does have a major impact uh, the the people who are in charge of putting legislation forward, that has a major impact on what pieces of legislation are able to move forward. Um, obviously, education is our bread and butter here at OEA, but we're members of the Ohio Children's Budget Coalition for a reason. We care about the future of children, the whole child. What are some of the other priority issues that the organization is working to advance? Yeah, I, I think that's really important to highlight. And I, I appreciate you saying, you know, the whole child, because as as we like to say, children don't come in pieces and neither should our policy priorities. Um, so just to highlight a few and not to leave any of our partners out on purpose, but we have getting lead out of um, paint and pipes. We have some juvenile justice things that are still being fleshed out, um, housing issues. Um, we have, it's, it's such a long list, honestly, of, I want to say we have 15 plus um, budget priorities that are listed out on our website in our budget book. That is, we have physical versions of it coming. We have it posted on our website already. Um, so there, there are lots of uh, lots of issues that we care about. Um, just to jump back into a few um, food banks. So the food banks have are a part of the OCBC and have um, things about reducing food hardship. We have the child thriving family tax credit. So lots of different priority areas, lots of things to hopefully be excited about if we can manage to get them into the budget. All roads lead back to education for all of those issues. I mean, when we're talking about lead, that creates developmental delays in developing minds, makes it difficult to learn. Hunger makes it difficult to learn. Uh, Housing issues, all of these things that are outside of our schools have a major impact on children's ability to learn, grow, and thrive in our schools. How important is it to have all of these stakeholders coming together, all of the people who are working on these different issue areas coming forth and saying, hey, we're talking in the same voice right now? You know, it's extremely important because it it allows us to to not be siloed into our issue areas. While it's great for us to go in and say, hey, we really care about the educator shortage right now, or hey, we really care about funding schools fairly. It's It has a different impact when you can go in and say, hey, we care about kids being able to eat when they're at school or at home. We care about them not having paint, lead paint in their homes, and we care about them having fair funding for their schools. When you are able to say all those things and articulate them in a way that really gets the message across to legislators and other policymakers, I feel like it creates a different kind of weight to your conversation. 
because it really shows that it's not about me. It's about the children, and we are here to fight for the children, and we're not here to necessarily play politics. It's all about what we think is best for kids and working towards those steps and goals one day at a time. And as noted in the um, Ohio Children's Budget Coalition policy briefing book there, quote, while children make up 22% of Ohio's population, they represent 100% of Ohio's future. The budget is a moral document that reflects our priorities as a state. We must do right by the children of Ohio, end quote. In your experience talking to the lawmakers, trying to advance some of these issues forward, do you think the lawmakers get that? Honestly, I I think they do. I think the biggest thing I've taken away from working on on this policy area and on in the political realm in general is most nine out of 10, nine and a half out of 10 lawmakers care and believe in what they believe in everything they say is because they believe that this this is the best way to help children and then with that in mind it's it's not we're not fighting against somebody we're we're working with them to hopefully bring them around to our point of view but you know to to show them like hey this is another avenue that we can we can we can work towards to achieve that goal of setting up Ohio for a better future you know, sometimes the, the phrasing from lawmakers is, you know, workforce development. They they care about the economy's future and things like that. So we have to bring it to them sometimes as this is a way for us to develop our future workforce. You know, we have to if there's lead paint in homes and we have developmental delays, our workforce won't be as strong in the future. It's just so I think sometimes it's just the framing of issues to remind people that all these things are connected and that. We can't have a innovative Ohio if we're not protecting our kids now. And one of the things you've brought up here is that it's a pretty good place to start that just about everyone can say, yeah, I want what's best for our kids. And there are so many organizations across our state that are starting from that point and, and moving towards these policy areas. Um, I know the Ohio Children's Budget Coalition started in 2018 relatively new organization in the grand scheme of Ohio's history, but it has a lot of support behind it now. I mean, it has a ton of organizations. Looking at the list of organizations that are part of this coalition, we're talking 20 plus different organizations, different policy areas, different priorities, except for, you know, all priority for children. Did it surprise you to see so many organizations want to be part of this coalition and work together with you? Honestly, it it was a surprise to me. Uh, to to give a little more background on myself, I guess this is this is my first um, my first year working with with Children's Defense Fund Ohio. Um, I came I came in to the org um, in November. So while this is um, the OCBC's third budget, this is my first budget um, working with OCBC. So I kind of got brought in and had the opportunity to co lead and was excited about it because of the wide range of organizations that were were supportive and behind it. One of the ones that really surprised me was the food banks. Like I it never occurred to me that hey yeah no they probably have a huge focus on children and in, in their policy areas. Yeah, so it, it it is very surprising but it's also very encouraging that we have this wide range of of organizations that really care about kids and really want to push children policy forward. 
And all of these organizations also bring different strengths to the table. Different organizations have different relationships with different lawmakers. They have different um, expertise on staff for these different issue areas. How does the coalition put that to work to achieve what we're all trying to achieve for Ohio's children? Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a, a huge point is that because we have such a wide range of policy issues, we are able to connect with legislators in a way that makes sense for them, their district, their voters, you know, the people that really matter. Like if it's if, hey, if we don't have a, a school hunger issue in this particular school district, we all but we do have a, a funding issue in this school or, hey, if we don't have. A, a food insecurity issue in this community. Well, we do have paint that has lead in it in this community. So there's a there's a long, um, a long walkway, a long runway that we get because of these different issues to bring things to legislators that make sense for them, and then bring them around to oh well, if they're advocating for this, that helps my community. These other things that they have on the table must not be that bad. So bringing up another one of those issue areas that we care a lot about, um, the educator shortage, that's one that is different depending on what community you're in. I think across the board, we're seeing communities struggle with um, the education support professional hiring. So the bus drivers, the cafeteria workers, but some Mm -hmm. districts have um, not so much trouble getting teachers in right now and keeping teachers. And some districts have a lot of trouble getting teachers in. A lot of that comes down to fair school funding. <laughs> um, all I say all roads lead back to education. Really, all roads lead back to fair school funding for a lot of these issues um, because it's about having have communities and have not communities that um, we believe in a state where every child, regardless of how much money your family makes, should receive a world class education. Yes. How do we get there? I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about what's in this budget, but there's the grand scheme of things that how do we get there to a more equitable Ohio on all of these issues? I think right now we we are at the first step of it. We, you know, we have it in last year's budget. It, it appears that we'll have some version of it in this year's budget. But I think it's remembering that, you know, the work is never done. That if we're going to, if we really want it and we're really committed, we won't get tired of the fight. Of the fight, we won't get tired of coming in every day and saying, "Well, it isn't done yet. We have to continue advocating." We're walking a long path, and we might not ever get to the end road. That's like, "Hey, it's done. The flag is planted. We don't ever have to worry about school funding again." But we can't get tired, and I think that's the most important part of the journey is remembering that. While it, you might not see the light at the end of the tunnel right now, there's a light down there somewhere, and we just got to keep walking, keep fighting, and we'll get there. Um, we just have to stay encouraged. And remember, once again, this is about Ohio's future. This is about our kids. And I don't know personally what can be more encouraging than working for children for years to come. For the average person, maybe not somebody who's at the board level of our partner organizations here, but the average member of all of our different organizations, what can they do through the coalition to help achieve not just fair school funding, but all of these aims for the children we serve? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's something that I think we, we spend a lot of time thinking about is, 
how do we engage our our members of, the, of that represent our coalition? Um, and I think one of the most important ways, and especially when we consider something like the fair school funding or an educator shortages, is if you rep- if you're from a a district that you know you have a legislator who might not necessarily support the fair school funding or might not support the changes we have for educator shortages, you know, let them know, hey, I'm from your district and this is some this is an issue I have in my day-to-day life. And this group is putting forth something I agree with that could help fix the problem. You know, making it personal for them, you know, writing them a letter, shooting them an email, giving them a phone call, um, you know, just reaching out to members in ways that will connect to them personally, because we are nothing without our base and they are nothing without their base. So, you know, that's, it's all about grassroots and organizing from the bottom up. And that budget um, policy briefing book really gives everyone a jumping off point for those conversations, thinking about just ways to organize their thoughts around why these issues are so important. And then they can add their own personal Uh, experience in there. I think it's a very powerful tool across the board for just about anybody who's looking at it. Yeah, that that was definitely one of our focuses, um, you know, as we even organize the order of the of how the issue briefs would fit into the book is how can we connect these issues? How can if you're reading, if you're just somebody that happens across our website, it's like, huh, what is the Ohio Children's Children's Budgetary Coalition? What what are they about? And you open up the issue book and you can read and say, oh, I agree with this. And this is they describe the issues. They they give you background. They give you data. It gives you really the opportunity to get immersed in the in the policy. And like you mentioned, you know, then that gives you an opportunity to say, huh, this is how I see it manifest in my neighborhood. This is this is what my teachers tell me they're experiencing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely a great tool for any and everybody. I think it's very accessible to pick up and read, and hopefully it spreads further and further. So what's next? Um, we have the governor's budget blue book. What happens next in the legislature? What are we watching for? Um, right now, we are <laughs> we are watching very closely the uh, all the committees that are going on in the House side of the legislature right now, beginning February 7th was the start of finance committee meetings um, for the budget. So we're paying close attention to those. We, um, after that process continues and who knows how long that ends up stretching out, we'll get a, a house version of the budget and then we'll start the process all over again in the Senate. And there's a chance that they all agree, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that is unsightly. funny. You're so funny. <laughs> so once they don't agree, um, <laughs> to put it in the most likely framing, we'll get conference committees and be paying really close attention to that. As that'll be our last opportunity, one of our last opportunities, I should say, to make some changes to the budget. Um, and then after that, it goes to the governor's desk and he can line item veto some things. And so that's our very last opportunity if something bad sneaks in there to try to advocate to the governor and say, hey, we don't love it. We think it harms kids. Can you please take it out? Um, So we're paying really close attention, especially to conference committee. And once it reaches the governor's desk to make that last ditch effort to to get some corrections. So lots and lots of work ahead, but also lots of hope ahead, which let's face it, is kind of rare in Ohio sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. Uh, 
this is my second year working in Ohio politics and the first year was not very hopeful for me to be honest but this year is surprisingly hopeful I'm really excited for the future and I can't wait to see where the budget takes us well Matthew thank you so much for walking us through the process and also the coalition's work we will of course be checking in with you as this continues to develop I appreciate it Katie thanks for having me I encourage you to go check out the Ohio Children's Budget Coalition's biennial budget issue book right now. The link is in the show notes to this episode. You'll also find a link there for the latest legislative watches from OEA, so you have the very latest information about the developments on some of these priority issues as they happen. And of course, you can join the conversation with OEA anytime. We're at OhioEA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.